2022 was the year of EDH takes. Welcome, listeners. It is a new year. <laughs> yeah, technically. So, happy new year. Uh, it is, uh, we're recording this on January 15th. Uh, we're excited. We're going to play our first, uh, well, for me, it's my first night of Commander this year. You've played a little bit so far. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't played Commander in a whole year, Eli. <laughs> yeah, it's been a whole year. Yeah, but uh, looking forward to that. But before that, we're we're going to talk about some Magic Gathering cards and people. Yeah, and um, I'm Elijah Samuelson. I'm Spencer Cook. And yeah, today we're going to we're gonna break the pattern, the cycle of hatred. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought, New Year, New Us for this episode. Yeah. Um maybe uh close to the whole episode. We'll see. Um so our topic today is that uh we're gonna try to be nice to some people that we're uh we're a little bit uh, rude to some, we're a bit mean, a critical, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be a little bit more, uh, more, more, more caring, more giving, and throw out some compliments. Yeah, because uh, the idea of the show is that uh, nobody knows everything, but everybody knows something. Even sometimes people you mostly disagree with. Well, you know, uh, broken clocks twice right a day. Yeah, sure. Or is is right twice a day. See, that's kind of ironic, right, isn't it? No, but <laughs> the yeah, so like you were saying, Eli, like, you know, we we're 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 critical of people and that's the point. Like the point of the show is to give disagreements and stuff like that. But you know, we can we can give some give people their flowers sometimes and be a little nice. So that's probably what we're gonna do. Talk about some of the content creators that we've been critical of in the past and go over some times that they were, you know, on the money in our opinion. Yeah, mostly uh the things we're going to talk about are you are mostly somewhat recent things, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so I've always enjoyed listening to other commander content, and we do a lot. Obviously, like this show, you can probably tell it's kind of a a meta thing. Like it's it's mostly about other content. <laughs> yeah. So you can't do something like that if you just absolutely hate every moment of it like it sometimes we'll watch something and be like oh my god i think this is so dumb but but there's some there's some love in there yeah it's not like you hate the totality of some or hates a strong word you know what i mean though we don't like dis dislike or disagree with the with the totality of something just because i can go to you eli and be like oh my god this was a really t- a take i disagree with right like we still i wouldn't listen to the the shows that i listen to if i if 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 I if I didn't like them at all, right? Yeah. If if we thought it had absolutely no value, and we just continue to listen to it just to like just to hate watch it, that would be uh, it would. <laughs> that's really dumb. Don't do stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, that that also like sometimes you have you might have people that that you like listen to like mostly just to dunk on, and and I think that's something that you kind of have to realize in the content creation sphere is it's more than likely if if you're putting out content and you do it long enough that you're somebody's lol cow yeah like like somebody is gonna be watching you just because they find you funny or dumb or something and like you were like you were telling me earlier eli like that's kind of the, the interesting thing about that is you're, is you're bringing more joy into the world even if it's at your own expense yeah even if somebody's laughing at you they're still laughing so it could not the worst it could be it could be worse 
Yeah. So, uh, as long as you're, uh, you're that kind of person who, uh, who goes to a, a lol cow, as long as you don't, like, tell that person, or, like, if you don't yeah. verbally accost them, or, like, tell them, like, oh, you're super dumb, or, like, I find you so cringe, like, just keep that to yourself, and just, just have it be a little, uh, yeah, I mean, thing. And even people, like, just, <laughs> we're talking way too much about this meta stuff, but, like, you know, even, even people that in the magic community that I maybe don't agree with or, or dislike a little bit, um, you know, I can, and even if I watch some of their videos because I think I'm going to disagree with them, like, I can still get enjoyment from them and, you know, they're, like, it, it's not, it's not all, it's not all that serious, you know? You, we, I can, I can, like, dislike someone a little bit and be like, you know what, they're not a bad person, I really don't actually dislike them, it's kind of just like a, like a thing, you know? Yeah, and the people and content that we really, like, actually don't like, we just don't watch that stuff because if you really dislike someone or you really want them to go away, like the best thing you can do is just nothing, just don't engage. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that we we engage with these people means that uh, we we like them and we want to have them keep doing their stuff. Yeah, we just want them to be better, you know. But <laughs> so why don't you say, Eli? We get into our first. Um, I was going about to say critique, but it's the opposite of that. Our first, uh, you know, uh, our first take we dig. Yeah, sure. Um, so this one, I remember, I, I felt like it was more recent than it was. This was actually a, a Dies to Removal podcast that came out last November. I remember it was one of the last nice days we had around here. If, if you guys don't know, we, we're in North, Fargo, North Dakota, so it's really shitty weather right now. But yeah. We had some nice days up through November, and I was going for a walk and listening to some Dies to Removal podcasts, because I like to do. do that. yeah. And uh, and I was listening to the professor talk about uh, th- their episode subject was is Commander better or worse than it was five years ago, and him and Pleasant Kenobi are talking about Commander, and the professor says something that just it like blew my mind. It was like this is actually like an amazing take that you just don't hear very often. But what he said was Commander is a broken format, and pretty much we all just pretend that it's okay. Like, terrible things happen, and, like, it's incredibly unbalanced, and, and everyone just has to laugh about it and be like, oh, that's great, that's fun. Yeah. And really, like, I think that's totally true. I, you know, there, there there's there's a lot of truth to that statement, because even the stuff that's, like, against the social contract, like, he mentioned, like, oh, if you get Armageddon, like, you're gonna, like, like, like it's gonna be better overall for you and for the table if you laugh about it than if you, like, make it a big problem, right? So I think that's kind of something that he was alluding to a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think that's totally true that the uh, the attitude that the players have and put into the game kind of shapes the overall like experience of the game and how you remember your games. It kind of feels like that's by design to some extent, right? Yeah, one thing that the professor said in this podcast that I think is really true is... is uh, Along the lines of it being a broken format, and we pretend that it's not. He's, he compared it to like an illusion creature in Magic. You know the ones mm-hmm. where if you target them, they get sacrificed. He did. I he remember that. So joke, it's yeah. it's as though as soon as you acknowledge, hey, something's going on. This is wrong. This is bad. Yeah. Commander ceases to be a fun and functional feeling format. And you know, th- I think there's a little bit of truth to that. And like how I was saying, it seems like it's by design. Um, I don't think it has to be that way. Like, the thing with Commander that makes it so complicated is that so many different types of players enjoy it for so many different reasons. So, 
I guess what I'm getting at is there are some people who would be much happier with Commander if it was more aggressively balanced to make it so it wasn't a broken format. And, you know, maybe maybe, maybe I might even say that that would make me happier. But it's just not, it's not really possible at this point in time. It's not really going to happen. Yeah, I think it's kind of two main camps. There's the people, like like you're saying, that think it should be more aggressively balanced. And then there's people who know that it's kind of broken, but that's sort of what they love what about they it. What they like about it, yeah. Like, uh, Shivam Bhatt of the Commander Advisory Group, I know he loves that about Commander. And I think even the Professor is uh, a big fan of that. Because, the, like, the, like, the thing is, like... There's no doubt in my mind that the game would be more balanced and I'm not I don't want to say more fun, but it'd be more balanced and there'd be less like like um crazy starts and stuff if cards like Soul Ring and Mana Crypt were not allowed in the format. Like that that just seems like it would make sense, right? Yeah. But like like you were saying, Eli, that's not necessarily what people like about it. They don't like the format because it's balanced. They like it because it has the crazy things. At least some people do, right? Yeah, it's wacky and weird and so there's kind of like two sides to that. So I'm not, you know, it, it, there's, it's 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 an interesting uh, interesting topic. Some people would be like, "Wow, you played a six mana spell on turn one. That's epic." And some people would be like, "Wow, that's not very fun." So it's and it depends on the situation, I, of course, right? Yeah. What was it? One game, Spencer. I played a turn one mountain mana crypt Jessica's will into six mana Ugin. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Not very fun, I don't think. But it was also kind of a yeah. story, right? So it's you got a little bit to it. Um, well, do you have anything else to say about the the kind of the professor topic there? We gave him we gave him some some credit. Yeah, Pleasant Kenobi was there too. He was there. Yeah, uh, and they had a conversation about it. Um, <laughs> That's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, our next uh, next topic that I want to mention is we've been very critical of EDH Rec in the past, specifically the website and also the podcast um, with um, Joey, Dana, and Matt. And one thing that I, I think I want to give them some props for is they've, as of late, been acknowledging more of the shortcomings of the data on EDHREC and not doing as much of the oh, it's only in this many decks, and uh, you know that's why it's good or bad. I remember they even recently they've been. They, I was very happy when they were talking about some of the um, most popular commanders of the year and stuff like that. And they were they were acknowledging the fact that there were actually decks on their website that were just the precons, like ripped from straight from like the like the list someone put it online. They acknowledged it, and that made me very happy. Yeah, they'll acknowledge the precon effect sometimes, which is nice. Yeah, that's good to see. Um, so good job, guys. So yeah, good on them for that. Occasionally, like that's always kind of been a, a thing that they would allude to but they still sometimes uh fall into some of the, the fallacies with it and the uh yeah. untruths but, but aside from uh them acknowledging the pitfalls of eda trek i just wanted to give a special shout out to our boy matt morgan for being like a normal human being most of the time especially on twitter yeah and like having another life outside of magic that's not a lot of people on magic twitter obviously they have lives outside of magic but every time there's a big discourse coming up or something's getting really heated you don't often see matt morgan sticking his foot in his mouth you don't see matt in the trenches yeah he just he seems to get out there was i think the only thing i can remember was the time 
that uh, he jumped into bully Magical Hacker. Yeah. And and broke Magical Hacker's heart, betrayed him, betrayed his trust. <laughs> oh, but no. That wasn't that cool for somebody so big to, to dunk on Magical Hacker, but we all have a little bit of that in us. Yeah, everyone's... We all have the potential to bully Magical Hackers. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Um... Sometimes you can't help it. Not to victim blame, but sometimes he's asking for a little bit. Sometimes he's being a little bit provocative, maybe. Yeah. But that's okay. Not on purpose, I don't think. I don't think he's trying to be, but... Um, okay, so our next topic, just moving on a little quicker, is MTG Goldfish. We we like to bully those guys a bit sometimes um, for their takes and, and whatnot. Um, I think this... this uh, well, we also have to bully them because they stole the tier list concept from us. We invented that. We invented tier lists. We invented tier lists at the beginning of this year, and they started doing them right after us. They took it from us. Yeah, we, well, we specifically invented commander tier lists. Exactly. And for another content creator to so blatantly... Rip us Steal off. our intellectual property. Yeah. That's not cool, but we're here to be nice. So you know what? You know we'll what? let them have it. Yeah, I'll, I'll forgive that. I'll, I won't renew my patent. It's fine. In the spirit of giving and the new year, mm-hmm. we'll let bygones be bygones. But speaking of, of, of the tier list, we, we want to um, talk about how they, they did their um, top 10 cards of this year, 2020. Well, I guess last year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> we felt that um, for some of the cards, they were very weird inclusions and we felt like one person in particular kind of had had the right idea for each of the cards we had some we had many disagreements with the cards on their list but the thing i love about the mtg goldfish commander clash podcast is that there's always somebody who disagrees it's very rare that they're in complete agreement on something and so we thought it would be nice to highlight one thing one take that we thought each of them had the right idea about yeah, it. Yeah, so, so you know, the nice thing about all of these is that, for the most part, they all have a chance to be right sometimes. Exactly. In, in our perspective, in our perspective. And, and I think that's what we were, we were talking about earlier, Spencer, uh, what our favorite EDH content might be right now. And I think the uh, Commander Clash podcast is becoming my favorite show. Well, I'm at least been, I've been really liking all of their um, their discussions about, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for tier lists. So I like whenever they they rate the cards because it it's not only is it kind of like tantalizing. It's like ooh, I wonder how that compares to me. But yeah. I also get to like be like I get to message you on Discord and be like, man, these guys are so stupid. Look where they put this card. And that's and not like against them, but it's just fun. It's fun to to compare well, your own. Well, opinions. yeah, but just as commonly as as we will complain about stuff that other people say, cause we do a lot of complaining. Yeah. But the thing about the Goldfish podcast is there will be just as many times where we'll be like, wow, this person was being based. Yeah, like the being oh, mega brain. Yeah, like like three of them will say something, will be disagreed, and the other person's like like has an opinion that I agree with, and I'm like, man, good on him, you know? And, and it's not easy to disagree with three other people, even if they are your friends. Yeah, that's true. I, I can back that up. So big ups to uh, the guys who have to die on their hills. Yeah. So why don't we start with that? We'll start with, with, uh, with, with uh, Seth. Probably better known as Saffron Olive. So here's a card that we both, I think, would agree would be on the top ten list of like all cards for the year, right? Yeah, I, we both do definitely agree with this. That, so yeah. they had Dothy Voidwalker on their list. I think it was kind of middle to low, though, right? I don't. I think it was around six or something, or maybe it was four. I don't remember. It was pretty high up, but it was top ten. And uh, 
And I think Seth and maybe... No, it was Seth was the only person. Seth who, was the only S tier. Seth was the only person to give it an S tier, and I, the other three were, I think, Bs or As. I think mostly Bs. I believe it was Krim and Richard gave it a B. Yeah, and Tomer and A maybe. But I, from our perspective, Eli, I'm, I'm speaking for you both of us, but I think you agree. Dothy Voidwalker is like a very clear S. Like it's not even close, right? I could maybe see a some kind of argument for it being an A on their criteria. But calling that card a B, I don't think you could put Dothy Voidwalker in a deck with black and it would make it a worse deck. It's probably not possible. Yeah, it's unless, you know, you're you put it in your deck and then you're you turn off your companion or something. <laughs> so I think worst case scenario, their their B criteria is like it's good in some decks. What are are those decks just specifically decks that want to shut off all graveyard hate and also cast a free spell it seems it seems good to me right yeah yeah you don't want to do that in all decks i get you don't want to cast a a free awesome spell like yeah not and here this isn't this isn't supposed to be us nitpicking their opinions is more mostly like good job seth that's based you're right on the money that's kind of what we're trying to say here positive not negative i think anyone who's ever played against a dothy voidwalker I, I suppose the only situation where it's really bad is where somebody plays it and then somebody obviously like has to remove it right away. And yeah. that's an that's an S tier card to me most of the time. A card that has to a two mana card that has that's like needs to be answered like right you away. You literally like have to remove that. Yeah, that seems good to me. Because like wor- worst case, like someone plays like any like well, you shut off all the graveyard hate. Maybe someone plays like a rampant growth or something, and you just play your own rampant growth. Right? It's fine. Um. Whatever, let's move on from that, not spend too long on that, because we got all of the other three to talk about. But I think uh, our biggest confusion with the list was the inclusion of Ignoble Hierarch on the top ten cards of 2021. Yeah, and three of the, the four people gave that, like, I mean, it was like number eight or something, and I was like, what? I don't, I, I think their argument was that it's, like, the best mana dork in those colors, maybe outside of, like, Birds of Paradise or something. And while that may be true, I I don't think just like a vanilla mana dork is that impactful in that way. And we like mana dorks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than probably the average commander player, I feel like. But I don't think like it adds much to a... Like adding one more mana dork really, really adds a lot to the format, right? And it's only in Jun decks too, right? You know how we did our top 10 Boros cards of the year? Now that was just red and white. I think if... I think every card on that list makes my top 10 all cards more than Ignoble Hierarch would. I don't know. I don't even know if Ignoble Hierarch would make my top 10 Jund cards list. Maybe not. Like we said, it was an embarrassment of riches in 2021. Maybe closer to the bottom, but not an all cards list. Not even close. Yeah. So we just thought that was strange, but Krim, he also thought it was strange. So good on you. Yeah. Krim also gave that a lower rating like we thought, um... And, I, well, I, something that I always rant about is, if you're playing Mana Dorks, I think you want to play, like, a Mana Dork-style deck, meaning you play, like, Beast Whisperer, kind of, you know, Guardian Project effects, or, like, Crater Hoof effects, or, like, uh, um, I don't know, like, like Toski or Orn Frostfang, so you can get, like, value out of having Dorks for, like, either attacking and drawing cards, or, like, playing them and drawing cards. But it seemed like the people who weren't Krim, like, the other three, were kind of in in the position of, like, no, you can you can kind of just play like mana dorks with no synergy, and like you play them like maybe half mana dorks, half like ramp, like land ramp, 
And I don't really think that's the way to go, personally. I think you could could go that way, but I'm 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 with you. Like maybe it's it's better to do some stuff with it. Like I guess my crush deck has has some creature synergies off that, but that's just because it's yeah, man. Like if you're playing mana dorks, you probably want to get in a guardian project, right? Yeah, or something like that. So because it just makes them because they're bad top decks, and when they draw a card, they're not bad top well, decks. Yeah, you're a green deck, so I think you inherently care about creatures at least a little bit. Yeah, for the most part. Which actually, uh, the creature thing, that brings us on to our, uh, our next point. Yeah. On their list, I think very high, and I think three out of four of the guys had it S-tier. Yeah, this was like number four or something. Toski, the squirrel. And this just, like, kind of caught me off guard, because Tos I mean, you know, Toski, it doesn't even approach a top ten list in my, uh, like, my, my eyes. I, like, if I was, like, making a top ten list of cards from, from, uh, last year... I wouldn't even consider it. It's not even close. Not saying it's a bad card, of course, but like, I don't, I don't see what makes Toski an S tier, an S tier auto include in every green deck card at all. I think what it is, and especially from Crim's position as being one of those people who really hates green and thinks that green is far too powerful, it's easy to see a card like Toski, which has can't be countered, indestructible. Draws you a bunch of cards sometimes. Yeah. And be like, wow, this is that's too many things. It's just too good. But man, Toski really just doesn't do a whole lot or anything a lot of the time. Unless you're maybe like a deck especially built for it. But their definition of what an S-tier card was, is like a staple in that color. Like every green deck. So that's yeah. just so not think, even close to what Toski is. I think is. Tomer gave it the B based on their criteria being... Good in some decks, and he said those being token creature decks, decks. Or, or you know maybe like a Jira deck with a bunch of trampling rhinos or something. To which the counter argument is from the rest of the guys: Well, you're playing green, so you're going to have creatures. Yeah, probably. But then the argument went further to: It's good even just on its own, just attacking by itself. At which point, yeah, I could see. I don't hate it if you draw one or two cards, maybe three, because that's four mana draw a couple cards, maybe it blanks one attack the first turn you play it because it's indestructible. But people have blockers, right? Yeah, man. Like like I'm I've been I've been one to play cards like that. Like uh Orin not Orin Frostfang, sorry, like um the Viper that draws you a card when it hits someone but it has death touch. Or Okame Adversary or something. These are creatures that when they hit someone you draw a card. Um but they have like death touch on both of them. And where Toski has indestructible and it also gives you a card for each creature that hits someone. I mean, I, I, it's it's just chumped by everything. Like anything with two toughness, will it'll never get in. Yeah, right? I feel like the lone Toski, unless you're playing that on turn three, two or three, three maybe. Yeah, yeah. there's gonna be blockers. I guess you can opinion. board wipe and then play, then hit somebody. But like, man, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm like, it's not a bad card. It's just not even close to where they had it. That's what I think. Yeah, maybe not an S tier. Yeah. B probably about right. Sure. Um, okay. Well, our last our last card from this list was uh, Richard. Well, I guess he's the person, not the card. But <laughs> um, they were talking about the card uh, Yavamaya, the 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 green uh, it's a cradle of growth. Yeah, the green uh, Urborg, and they all gave it. They all everyone except for Richard gave it an S tier, and then Richard, I believe, gave it what a B or an A or something, something lower. Yeah. And or maybe it's even lower than that, but I don't know. But Richard brought up some really good points about how, like, 
Yavamaya just like it's nowhere near as good as uh, Urborg because you don't like you don't have the Cabal coffers. You've got like technically you have like like the Nissa. Yeah, no, wait, when you Richard asks, "What's your Cabal coffers?" To which uh, Tomer says, "Nissa who shakes the world." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Um, obviously not the case. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 Yavamaya is a fine card, but. Uh, and it, it does give you some fixing, too. So, like, I think I play it in one deck just for a little extra fixing and some other stuff. I could see you've got, like, Eladomri, Lord of Leaves, gives your elves Forest Walk. That could be a cool, thing cool to card do. if you got Forest Walk stuff. Other synergies, maybe, uh, like stuff to untap your forests. I know there's, a, there's that one elf that does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some stuff, but it's also fixing your opponents yeah it turns so. it turns their you know their fetch lands they don't have to fetch with them if they have any you know any colorless lands those can tap for for green mana any lands that don't tap for mana like a oh give me a good example you know, like a dark depths or something can now oh, tap yeah. for mana all that sort of stuff you know their their ancient tomb they can tap it without losing life like there's downsides to these cards yeah um and it's not a it's not like a literal every green deck staple like no that's not even close yeah that's all I'm saying. So yeah, the uh, top ten commander cards of 2021 from the Commander Clash crew. I liked that episode. It was a very enjoyable episode. I would recommend it if you're curious. Yeah, it's as much as sometimes somebody might say something and you're like, oh, like pulling at your hair. It's also then five minutes later they're saying something you totally agree. It's just it's weird. It's such a mixed bag of opinions. So it's very very fun. That's what I love about it. Maybe we should uh, have a third or fourth person on more often oh yeah to to give those kind of differing opinions might yeah be have, have more of a more of a debate but if we if we start debating i'll just i'll just cry because i can't handle confrontation based <laughs> very alpha move right there yeah sig- sigma, move. sigma move yeah don't mess with me i'll cry <laughs> um okay well what do you want to say we move on to our next content creator that we want to give props to yeah i think this was the most recent episode of a show that we're going to talk about it was two no. Command Zone episodes ago. No, they're most... Re- oh, you're, oh, sorry. You mean the most recent as in... Yeah, like on our list. On our list. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, two Command Zones ago. Command no, we, Zones. We don't, we don't count that other episode. Yeah. But yeah, the Command Zone did a Dear Commander Design Team episode in which they address the Wizards of the Coast Commander Design Team, which I think includes... Uh, I know Gavin's on there Gavin's usually. on there. Um, was it um, Melissa? Is she on there? I think she might be. She's been on the Good Morning Magic show to talk to Gavin about Commander a lot. So I feel like I think I think she meant I think they mentioned her as like a person that was going to try to give them insight into the Commander format and like talk to Commander players. I might be wrong about that. But yeah, that's... we don't know the inner workings of Wizards that well, and I also believe they change their design teams frequently. somewhat frequently. Yeah, or they'll bring people on to work on stuff like they had. Last year, they had uh, Sheldon work with them. Yeah. Or before last year on the Strixhaven decks. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Um, but but our point here is that um, they made this, this, this podcast episode kind of di- directed towards them um, as kind of an informal, hey, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking for feedback, this is what we think, you know, would be good to keep doing in the format and what not to keep doing, you know, with designing cards in the format. Yeah, because one thing that Josh mentions in this podcast is that your audience is good for giving you feedback or like telling you what things are wrong but they rarely ever give any actionable 
like ideas. They're really or bad changes. at telling you how to fix it, but they can tell you what's wrong. So they tried to very uh, respectfully give some criticisms yeah. and ideas. And I think Jimmy and Josh are obviously they are very invested in Commander. Obviously, like Josh is running a big fucking company. Yeah, yeah. About Commander with ten plus employees. It's their uh, it's their livelihood. But so, and and I think you know Eli, you and I, of course, are going to have our disagreements with with Jimmy and Josh a lot of the time, right? Like we don't agree, we don't see eye to eye on everything. But I think for the most part, overall, it was a pretty positive episode, and I'm and I'm pretty pleased with what they said. With some caveats, of course, but we don't need to go into right now. Yeah, but... and, and people might say a lot of the stuff they said might not be seen as very controversial or very insightful, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be said Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I'm not a big fan of people just saying the same old things, but this is, I think, a uh, a topic that people will complain about this stuff in episodes, but they're not like saying it to anyone. They're just kind of like shouting into the void dear commander design team and actually try to address like make a whole show out of it rather than just like offhandedly mention stuff every once in a while Mm -hmm. i think that does some good certainly and so the the the, we want to give props to them for this because (laughs) it was kind of interesting they got a lot of mixed responses on this episode um there was a large port like right away when it came out everyone was like yes i loved this I think even Tomer tweeted like when I was watching this episode, I kept scream, I kept, I kept saying vocally out loud, "Yes, yes, this" or something yeah. like that, and that was a part of the reaction to it. But then within the next couple of days, the reaction on, especially on Reddit and Twitter, seemed to be, "You guys are big fucking hypocrites, and you are doing, you're, you, you know, this is rich coming from you guys." Yeah. So this is kind of a this is a callback to our old segment of uh, talking about magic twitter stuff but no good deed goes unpunished on magic twitter yeah so there were many people saying that command zone might bear some responsibility for the direction that commander design has gone and then they were proceeding to say that it was very hypocritical or rich even of them to uh you know say this is the problem with the format don't do this when they contributed to it that's the argument at least yeah, because a lot of Command Zone's early content, and sometimes they will still, doing set reviews and stuff, say, oh, this card isn't very playable, or this is less viable, and, and we we get on them for that sometimes, but I think them giving their opinions on what cards they think are better or what cards are worse doesn't mean that... Sure, you're going to have listeners that listen to that and really take it to heart, but you don't have to play that way. I feel like that's just their job description to, to do that, right? Yeah, they're giving their opinions. They're not saying, well, sometimes they do. Their phrasing is a little off. Yeah, but I wouldn't hold that too far against them. Like, so one thing that they talked about a lot in that new Commands and episode is that um, two mana mana rocks are like all the rage these days, and that's like all you can play pretty much. And like the three mana mana rocks, you just don't play them anymore because they're just not very efficient, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, wizards, stop printing two mana mana rocks and print more better three mana mana rocks. And then people were mad at them because, like, hey, you guys always said to play two mana mana rocks. How can you say this? And it's like, I don't. I think you can. I think you can observe the format and say what is good about it, but also ask it to be different. I think that's fine. I don't see why you can't hold those those same beliefs. I think one big thing that people kept saying was, "You guys are saying the format's too fast," but at the same time, you say 
play at least 10 sources of ramp in your deck, which makes the game go faster. But, at the same time, the Command Zone's deck building template recommends a certain amount of spot removal and several board wipes, and board wipes make the game Slow go the game down. slower. So, I feel like if they were really advocating for way faster games, they would just be like, no, you don't want to play, you don't want to muck up your deck with board wipes. You just, you just want, want to combo play, faster. You want more combo pieces, you want more tutors. And I feel like they've been kind of down on tutors lately. At least Josh, I think, plays fewer tutors. Well, another thing that they complained about was that people would say like, oh, Command Zone, you guys, you know, you're, you you up the power in your Game Night decks. Your Game Night decks are always way too powerful. So you're like kind of showcasing it, you know, the format. You're, you're pushing it to be more powerful because your Game Night decks are like pushed. But the thing is like, they oft a lot of times intentionally make their game nights decks weaker or like they play like not they don't play they don't play infinite combos on game nights like ever pretty much these days yeah so i don't know how you can see that and see that not as them powering down for game nights yeah one thing josh acknowledged on this episode was their most recent game nights where they did the special themes for the holiday episode where bling miss yeah bling miss uh so one was like a secret layer deck, one was all bordered, borderless, or, yeah, showcase foil, whatever. And he said even within that restricted pool, the game still ended pretty quickly. And he thought that was somewhat a result of them being mostly newer cards. Yeah. And also it was an example of how how strong commander can be even when you don't have access to some very powerful cards. But I think that's just a uh, that was a weird game, so I, I don't know if I would take much out of that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very hard to draw conclusions from one game, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, also, you know, Jimmy and Josh were... Um, something you almost never see them do, which was surprising to me, was they, they actually took to Twitter to defend themselves against the, the onslaught of, uh, of people attacking them, which was very surprising because... Jimmy and Josh aren't usually ones to argue with people. Well, Josh more, but Jimmy doesn't usually like defend himself publicly. Uh, I does think he? I think Jimmy's more common. Do- I mean, we don't we don't follow Jimmy, so but, <laughs> but Jimmy like if you ever look on Reddit threads and stuff, he's he's he, in the comments. Yeah, he he'll mm. he'll go down and he'll argue with people. But Josh is it is probably pretty rare for both of them. Josh doesn't tweet a lot, but Josh Lee Kwai, the thing you got to know about Josh, he does not suffer a fool. Yeah. If, jo- if if you're being if you're being dumb, Josh will just like verbally smack you a little bit. And he's not rude. He's not mean. He will just he'll check you. Yeah, he'll be like, uh, he'll he'll you know like that one time when Murph, remember that when Murph was like, "There's no uh, no Demir artifacts, Commander." And then Josh responded like, "You literally voice act one." On he literally voice act one on a game nights episode. <laughs> it's not rude. It's just a little bit of a yeah, like you said, a little check. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was that was interesting to see them. But even and, and then after that, they killed Josh. The newest Game Nights episode is only oh, has, yeah the newest Command Zone. Sorry, Command Zone. Jimmy's alone on it. They killed Josh. They took him out. Yeah, you know, like remember that uh, they did a kill order. Remember that skit they did for the Crimson Vow? Uh, oh the, yeah, they killed him off. They killed him off then, and uh, I think Twitter did that this time. He didn't regenerate this time. Yeah. What? Shoot. Um. Yeah. But yeah, props to the commands on that. I think that was a pretty good episode that got a bad rap. Well, some of the things they were saying, I think uh, a lot of people would agree with. Like uh, like treasures being stronger than they thought they might be. Mm-hmm. And cards that produce or cheat mana while also providing card advantage being toxic as hell. That's something I've always believed. 
Like, that annoys the crap out of me. Like, Bolas of Citadel is a busto magic card. Yeah, when it's played against you. We were talking about the, uh, maybe, the idea earlier of maybe Commander could be fixed by banning a bunch of extra cards. I think that would be on my ex- my large ban list. If you had, like, 100 cards, like, that might be... If, if I had to fill 100 more cards to ban in Commander. Sure, I feel you there. Um... And some, do you want to talk a little bit about that episode while we're at it? Just about some of the disagreements because we're being we're, we're positive guys today. We can't be all positive. Yeah, we got to break here. We we talked about magic Twitter, and now we're now we're back to being corrupted again. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing about that command zone episode that I specifically, and this is not just command zone. This is other podcasts as well. Is there's a big fascination with Bergy. Um, about like 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 Berkey, I think was on the top ten goldfish. Yeah, list. this is something we noticed. What's the deal with Berkey? Like, so, oh man, I think they also said on the commands and episode that like Berkey is like. Did they say that was like a fun way to do it? I don't no, quite remember. Jo- Josh was including that with cards like Bolus of Citadel that that produce mana and also get you cards. Oh, and then Jimmy said that um uh the the throne guy Treasonous, Treasonous Ogre. Ogre was a good way to do it, which is not so, true. Treasonous like, Ogre this is a fair balance magic card. If, Free if, life, that's so much of a cost. I just Treasonous Ogre is a busto magic card. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um. No, but about Bergy, it's like. They were considering it this card that both draws you cards, makes card advantage, and um, and uh, draws card advantage and makes mana. Sorry, and that's just not what it does. It, it does one liter- or the other. It literally cannot do both at the same time. You have to cast each side differently for when you need it. The the so it's not. It, I don't think it's even close to comparable to, you know, the other effects that do that. Like, um, what's a good example? I mean, it's it's not like like Urza. Sure, like Urza. How it? Oh no. Um, another example, it's not, like, as, like, pushed in, like, like making mana and stuff, but, like, Prosper Tomebound, you know, makes, ma- makes gives card advantage and makes mana, right? Like, they, they do, uh, the, the new, uh, the new Demir, uh, legend from Kamigawa, that's the Dynasty or whatever. Oh, that thing, that he, creature. Yeah, it's the, the ninjutsu guy, he cheats mana, uh, and he draws you a card. So, it's... I'm gonna, Bergy- I'm gonna write a little letter here. To the Wizards design team, the Commander design team, for for whatever and Commander and standard sets for designing legendary creatures. Could could you make a ninja commander that cares at all about ninjas? <laughs> yeah, kind of true. I mean, the that f- isn't just a big stuff deck. Yeah, yeah. Yuriko does care about ninjas, but it's also ninjas and big things. Yeah, it's got it's got ninjas like that uh, that one mana changeling, changeling that can't block or be blocked, and then the one mana other changeling yeah. that can be blocked. Yeah, and then a couple one mana flying ninjas or something, or just one mana flyer non ninjas, just so you can get your uh, your your Yuriko in play. Yeah, you got all your your one mana creatures with evasion that are honorary ninjas because they're sneaky, and then you just turn those into the ninja Yuriko. Yeah, so, ninja. And then you play Conspiracy to make all your Eldrazi's ninjas or, uh, or your... Arcane Adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Or the the Artifact that does that now. Yeah, oh, sure, the new one. Um, yeah, so make, you know, it's kind of funny that they did it twice. So they, they made a ninja commanders that don't care about ninja at all. Well, not at all, but you know what I mean. The Both the new ninja, both the two ninja commanders just want you to put Eldrazi into play. Or in your hand. Why is yeah. that? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's fun game design to have a three mana two four that 
when you attack with it and it goes unblocked on turn two or three, puts an Eldrazi into play and draws so, and draws you the best card of your top three cards at the Spencer, same time. Um, I don't think that's good design. I, I don't play a lot of Demir. We'll still have to do our tier list and see how this uh, shakes out. But Ooh, I was soon. thinking um, the Dies to Removal episode, is Commander better or worse than it was five years ago? Do you think if you had told me, like if somebody told you five years ago that Demir was like the uh, the big stuff creature <laughs> like color? <laughs> oh, that's... That's funny, actually, because with the new... Uh, we got the, the ninjas, yeah. and we also have Runo Stromkirk. Which also is like a big stuff Leviathan thing. That's kind of funny that it it, <laughs> it kind of is. Like, you could... I, I don't know if it's like the if it's the same, but like you have like um, the Scarab God, which is like reanimate stuff from the graveyard, which yeah. could be big stuff. I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that five years ago, yeah. That's funny. What a world. What a world. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you want to talk about now, Eli? Kind of got we got through most of our notes. Is there anything you want to bring up? Man, being nice is exhausting. It's pretty tough, but I hope we did a good job. <laughs> and I hope some positivity was uh was gleaned was welcome. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't lose subscribers for breaking the <laughs> for posting cringe. You're about yeah. to lose subscriber. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks guys for listening. Um, we'll be back to our mean selves next week, or yeah. next two weeks. It's kind of a short episode, but we wanted to experiment with that a little little bit, doing shorter episodes sometimes. We just had a long-ass episode. Those, yeah, those are kind of exhausting, fun. too, like two-hour-long episodes. Oh, and if you haven't seen the uh, the video essay that we put out uh, at the start of the year, go check that out, The Tragedy yeah. of Arnie. Please watch that. I think it turned out really well. Um, leave some comments, uh, disagree or uh, agree with whatever we said. And uh, yeah, you can follow us at EDH Takes. Uh, you can you can tweet memes at us or whatever. Um, yeah, and I and I hope that, like we said at the beginning of the episode, I hope that we are somebody's lol cow. That is, I hope that we are somebody's. There, I hope there are people in this world that watch our podcast and our content just to kind of laugh at us with their couple friends. And if we are, if you told me, I'd be happy. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we we have we definitely have people who we've met, like we've become aware of, and we started the relationship with. Oh, they're kind of a lol cow, and now it's built into a bit of, you know. Sometimes they're pretty respectable. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an you know you start out like kind of being like laughing at somebody, but then you grow to you know they grow to be endearing for to you. Honestly, I'm of the opinion that. Somebody is not truly cringe if they're at least genuine and they're representing their genuine opinions. I think, to me, what's true cringe is when you're being cringy, but you're doing it for a reason, being that like you want to become more famous or you're trying to appeal to somebody. Just be your genuine self, and I won't, I won't think you're that cringe. Yeah, of course not. But yeah, thank you guys for listening, and it is a happy new year. Happy New Year! And uh, we're back on the uh, tradition of getting our episodes out a little bit late, but... (laughs) Poggers. We'll be back sooner with the next one. Thank you for listening.